you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And as we record this podcast, your Missouri Tigers are about to start their first practice here in about 20 minutes. So that's obviously really exciting news, but really still most of Missouri Nation focused on who the next athletic director is going to be. Also, coming up later in the show, Steve Wilkes went out of his way to mention a couple freshman defensive linemen that he's going to be counting on this fall. So I want to talk about those guys. But And also, I do want to remind you that there is only one place to get all you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow Locked On SEC on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, when it comes to the Missouri search for a new athletic director, I think in this case, no news or at least any rumors of any sort is good news because quite honestly, Missouri has had a problem with leaks. Certainly the last football coaching search was leaks galore, no doubt about that. So the fact that we're keeping a little bit of a tighter net around all of this potential information here is actually a good thing in my opinion because you don't then allow your fan base unfortunately to hijack whatever you're trying to do frankly as fans we don't know much about football coaches we really really don't know anything about administration so whoever's in charge of this stay in charge and frankly keep us out of it that's probably not the worst thing in the world but Speaking of, once again, the athletic director search, I thought Dave Matter had an interesting comment in his recent chat at stltoday.com. Dave said, I said this five years ago and still believe the same. Ren Baker would be a great hire for Mizzou. He'll crank up fundraising. He'll build the fan base. He'll work well with his coaches. He'll improve the morale in a department in in, in badly need of a boost. Well, that was interesting. Not so much the Ren Baker part, because I think he's a very well thought of guy around Mizzou, no doubt about it. But I think what we're starting to realize is Jim Sterk wasn't really thought of that well by maybe his colleagues and the people who work under him. I mean, again, for Dave Matter to go out and say that the apartment is in badly need of a morale boost, that's quite a statement and not one that Dave, I don't think, makes lightly whatsoever. Now, fortunately, I do know some people within the Mizzou Athletic Department, and I reached out to them via email and got some responses back already regarding that comment by Dave Matter. And one man said, Sterk has been pretty distant as an AD if you talk to some staffers. Also, I think there's a general thing right now. A lot of places since COVID are spread thin and and people are just sick of it all. So obviously that speaks to the uh, uh, something beyond Jim Sterk that is an obvious reason that anybody is a little bit sick of COVID and maybe the morale isn't the highest right now. So that speaks to that. But in terms of Jim Sterk specifically, again, another emailer, 
gave some more color to this. Basically, few, if any, he said in the athletic department were impressed with Sterk. And that was the case before the board leaked out the football search and hiring fiasco from a, a, about a year and a half ago, before we hired Eli Drinkwitz, that whole process. Well, according to this person, essentially, when that happened, Jim Sterk has basically been a dead AD walking. Because when you usurp your athletic director's power in that way, you take the guy he wanted to hire to be the football coach and say, eh, no, sorry, we want to go try hire this other guy instead. You're basically done at that point for all intents and purposes. But again, from the sounds of things, sounds like Sterk wasn't necessarily the most popular figure even before the football hiring fiasco. So just a bit of interesting color there inside the Mizzou athletic department. And once again, it really does sound like Ren Baker is a guy who has tons of support within that athletic department from people like the guys I talked to within the athletic department just to, just today. So another thing to note there for, for Ren Baker and his possible candidacy as the next Mizzou athletic director. Now, when it comes to true freshmen who are going to see the field this fall, I've talked a lot about receiver Dominic Levette. In fact, maybe too much for some of you. No, I'm just kidding. We all we all love the new East St. Louis kid, right? But seriously, we haven't talked enough about some of the other true freshmen, and there's a couple that were specifically mentioned by new defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes as guys that he's counting on this season. I want to get to those two young men, but I do want to tell you once again about one of the greatest sponsors of all time, and that is Built Bar. And they're not only a great sponsor, they're also the best-tasting protein bar on the market. That's not, that's not just my opinion, that's just science, people. Look it up. Google me right. But seriously, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So, hey, if it's good enough for Carissa... It's good enough for me and certainly good enough for you, my fine listeners. And you know what? As always, I'll encourage you to go try that mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine delicious Built Bar flavors, including coconut, mint brownie, and, of course, cherry barcia. But here's what you got to do. Go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. I mentioned previously that I think one of the keys to Missouri exceeding expectations in this 2021 campaign is finding another pass rusher to go along with Trajan Jeffcoat. I think Jeffcoat is going to have another really good season. In fact, he just had an offseason season elbow surgery that should hopefully, in theory, make him even healthier than he was last season. By the way, interesting to note, Jeff Coat hadn't talked to anybody in the media. Well, he sat out the entire 2019 season with COVID last year. Hardly anyone talked to the media last year, but interesting to note, apparently he's a really interesting, likable guy, uh, according to the media. And I say that's interesting because, well, I've never heard him speak before, so that's good to know. I'm going to be looking in more into Trey John Jeffcoat's personality. 
and the rest of this team. But, you know, speaking of those personalities, you do wonder who is going to replace the leadership of Nick Bolton and Larry Roundtree on this roster. Well, I, I do have some ideas on that, but let's stick with the, the theme of defensive line and trying to find another pass rusher. Well, some people think maybe Isaiah McGuire is that guy. And I think with Kobe Whiteside coming back for another season, he had his MCL repaired. He could be poised to definitely thrive in Steve Wilkes' one-gap system. But maybe the guy is true freshman defensive end Kyron Montgomery. Because Steve Wilkes mentioned Montgomery and also true freshman defensive tackle Mackie Wingo as two guys that he's absolutely counting on to perform this fall. I find that actually encouraging. I think we need young guys to emerge. Once again, sometimes if the guys haven't broken through, I've I've said this earlier in the week, if they haven't broken through by their junior season, it's probably not going to happen. So you always, every fall, you want to see some younger guys start bubbling up the depth chart. And perhaps Kyron Montgomery is that guy who I'm looking for to emerge as another pass rusher. Now, getting back to leadership, I do have to admit, for as much ink has been spilled about Missouri losing Larry Roundtree, I'm not all that worried about losing him. Roundtree was a great player, one of my favorite players of the last few years, without a doubt. But listen, we've all learned that running backs are fairly easy to replace, and we don't need just one guy to replace all of Larry Roundtree's productions. I think you spread that out amongst a bunch of guys, well, I think you'll do just fine. But then in the locker room, that's a different question, isn't it? Now you're losing Larry Roundtree again, a guy who's really, really respected in that locker room. Nick Bolton, same deal. Not only is he going to be hard to replace on the field, he's a really, really strong leadership guy too. Well, who is it that's going to emerge in the locker room this season and be that leader? Well, I think Martez Manuel, number one, was kind of born for this. He seems like a natural-born leader. So I think you'll see him using his voice even more than he did last season. Tyler Beatty, also a guy, another running back. Hey, there he is. Speaking of, uh, speaking of, good, running backs that, of good running backs that you can find to replace Larry Roundtree, well, Tyler's got a great personality, too. Now, is he a guy that's going to get in your face and be that kind of leader. I'm not so sure about that, but I do think Tyler Beatty is a guy who's been in that locker room for a long time now. I think his voice will carry a lot of weight too. So I'm not totally worried about the leadership void, but somebody's got to fill it. There's no doubt about that. And sticking with the running back theme here just for a minute, running backs coach Curtis Looper did mention that there could be a role for Michael Cox. Quote, he's 235 pounds, and he really brings a level of physicality to our offense that we don't have. So that's very interesting. A lot of people have wondered online, especially Mizzou fans like myself who attended the spring game, this, this Cox kid seems to have something. He really showed out in the spring. Again, a walk-on kid, a guy who had a, some really impressive numbers in high school. They say he never fumbled in high school either. you got to love that. So, hey, honestly, I, I'm, I'm really big on having a short yardage specialist 
at running back. So if he's that guy, I do think there is an element that he can bring there. Maybe that guy is one of the true freshmen too. But if it's Michael Cox, I think you'll see him become a fan favorite for sure. And by the way, Washington State's athletic director, actually their president, excuse me, Kirk Schultz, had some interesting comments about the SEC calling them predatory. Well, that's pretty rich coming from somebody from the Pac-12. I'll have more thoughts on that after these quick messages. So here's the money quote from Washington State President Kirk Schultz. What the SEC has done is unify the other conferences in a way that nothing else could have in terms of working together. A lot of people now are very concerned about the predatory nature of the SEC. More presidents are talking. There's a lot of back and forth. Well, first of all, just to address the first part of his statement, I think if you're the Big 12, you're the Pac-12, you're the ACC, well, you probably should be looking at working together, maybe banding together in some ways. If not pooling, the problem is, if you really look at this, you start breaking this down, the reason they need to work together is because the ACC and the Pac-12, for instance, are actually quite a bit more more vulnerable than you might think at first glance. For one thing, the Pac-12 network, right? Both of these conferences a few years ago were obsessed with keeping up with the SEC, frankly. The SEC had this massive new network put out there by ESPN, and they got it to clear in basically every single market in the country. The SEC network is ubiquitous. But the Pac-12 network, on the other hand, well, unless you have a certain cable package that is probably in California or something, it's tough to find the Pac-12 network. It really is. And to a lesser extent, that's true of the ACC network, too. And we can kind of see in retrospect that the ACC, for instance, is locked into this contract with ESPN at much, much less favorable terms than with the SEC. They're locked into it until 2036, 15 years from now. Honestly, the real mistake there was not making an ACC network. That make that that made all the sense in the world, especially 5 6 years ago. But now that we're into this new streaming world where cable boxes are less and less important by the year and now it's hey, I have a bunch of content that I can sell to a streaming service, well that is where the value is because all of these streaming services are competing for for content. They're trying to get you to pay your $10 a month or whatever it is. For instance, let me give you an example here. This is why the ACC was so short-sighted. Because, again, a few years ago, yes, Netflix did exist, by the way. The WWE Network existed. Now we've got a million other streaming services like Disney+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, Peacock, all this stuff that didn't exist back then. So, granted... Streaming has made gigantic strides in the last few years. But how could you as a as a media company, as a conference, surely you as a conference more specifically, how could the ACC not see this coming on some level? I'm not saying they could predict the future, but again, the, the mistake was 
doing this year, this deal 15, 20 years out, did you honestly think cable was really going to be around in 15 to 20 years and be as powerful as it was at that time? To me, that's just unbelievably short-sighted, and you're now seeing them pay for it. Meanwhile, the SEC is renegotiating contracts with ESPN and CBS for massive, massive amounts of dollars. And while, yes, ACC football is never going to be SEC football by any stretch of the imagination, that's still a valuable property. And guess what? I mentioned the WWE Network before. Well, the WWE Network, at least domestically in America, no longer exists because Vince McMahon was able to sell the rights for all of, essentially, not even all of WWE's products. They still have television that airs on USA Network and on Fox every week, but all their streaming content, their archives, their pay-per-views that were all on the WWE Network, Vince McMahon just sold that stuff to NBC slash Peacock for $200 million a year for five years. So a billion dollars for five years is what they got from that. I'm telling you, ACC football is a more valuable property than the WWE, than like essentially one-third of the WWE's product. Like, that's crazy to me. If you're the ACC, you would be sitting in the catbird seat right now. Again, not as valuable as the SEC, but you'd be having multiple people coming at you trying to buy your rights. Instead, you're locked into this antiquated deal with ESPN until 2036, apparently. But you know what? Back to my original point, because that was a fairly lengthy digression about the ACC. What I was really talking about was the Pac-12, of course. For a president of a Pac-12 university to say that the SEC is being predatory, my goodness. That's sort of like Chairman Mao saying that, hey, you guys over there, you're doing some government overreach. Well, maybe you're right, Chairman Mao, but perhaps take a look in the mirror. Now, that may have been a slightly hyperbolic statement, but we do remember when the Pac-12 tried to poach Oklahoma and Texas 10 years ago, right? That whole thing that essentially caused the dominoes to fall, caused Missouri to not be a wallflower, all that good stuff. Hey, remember that? Well, apparently Kirk Schultz does not. But you know what? A tiger never forgets. So with all that being said, I'm going to get out of here on this Friday morning. In fact, as I'm recording this, Missouri football kicked off practice just about six minutes Ago, So I'm going to get on Twitter, hopefully get some nuggets, read some practice reports, and just let all of the football hype wash over me. And again, once again, I do want to remind you guys, check out Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Really just a great show on this network, a perfect format for the Locked on Network. So once again, follow Locked on Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.